Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Colossal, directed by Nacho Vigalondo and released in 2017. The plot of Colossal goes something like this. A woman in a small American town discovers she is controlling a monster terrorizing Seoul, South Korea. And at this point we will sound the spoiler warning if you haven't seen Colossal yet and you want to, uh, maybe come back to this episode after you have. Yeah. Um, Colossal is a really, really, um, it's a surprising movie. It goes in directions that I didn't expect it to go. Mm. Um, but I think I like it a lot more in conception and like ideas than, and thematically than in the actual execution of those yeah. ideas. Uh, there's a lot of problems that I had with Colossal. I think the biggest one is that basically a white woman's pain is more important than an entire city full of people. You were all being killed. Yeah. <laughs> like her, her like angst is more important than all of those people. They never try to humanize those guys. There's nobody, like, no main characters in the movie that aren't white. It is so, so, like, egocentric. Mm. Um, and it kind of diminishes a lot of the stuff it's trying to say about, like, you know, women and toxic masculinity and stuff by doing and that. domestic violence, yeah. That's exactly. Um, domestic violence, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really, it was really interesting because like The Girl on the Train, which we watched last year, it goes in a really interesting direction in terms of, actually showing gaslighting on screen mm. and showing abuse on screen and showing what it feels like. But, yeah, it is undercut by that. It, to be fair, after she realises what she's done, she does try to, like, appear only in and not hurt anybody, but she does so much damage before that. But that's after that she realises so- what she's done, which is – but she, she realises what she can do mm. and what she is able to do before she does the really terrible thing. Right? Like she realizes that, that the first time, because the first time she did it, she did hurt people. And ac- that was yeah, a total accident. But she didn't know that she one was is doing com- it. Like that one I get, right? The very first time, which is a total accident, she has no idea that she's doing it fine. The second time she's trying to figure it out. No, the second time she doesn't hurt anybody and, and that's the time that she figures it out. Mm. So the third time she only just stands in one spot and like proves it to herself. Mm. At that point, that is the point at which you go, I'm never doing this again. Yes, and she does it again. Exactly. And I know she was drunk and I know that they're trying to make a point about alcoholism and well, how, distru- how destructive it is. into it. No, no, no. No, he doesn't. The next time after that is when she gets drunk and oh, she, she shows, shows them, them yeah. voluntarily mm. and then kills 200 people. Yeah. I don't – 200 is actually not true. She says that makes up that number. We never find out how many people she killed. No, we think it's in the hundreds though from This is context, what I mean. But it doesn't like, say that's because – That's crazy. There's nobody how in you- soul who's actually a character. How are you supposed to then like this character? How? Mm-hmm. To me, that was just like at that moment I was like, no, I'm done, I'm out. I don't like her anymore. And I couldn't. Like for the whole rest of the movie, I was like, it doesn't matter what empowering thing you do at this point. You killed 200 people. Like it was your choice to do that. She, mm-hmm. Nobody forced her. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was capable of doing. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. It's, that's it. You know, you're done. You're out. Um, and she, the fact that she didn't then just stop doing it, mm. like the fact that after she knew what she could do, she didn't then just stop is crazy to me. Mm. Like if he had then forced her to do it, then you might've been able to redeem her after that point in the movie, but she doesn't actually do anything redeemable after that anyway. Like she doesn't make up for what she's done. No, in no way. In any way. She apologizes for it. And then there's nothing like after that, that she does to try and help at all. Well, other than going there and killing him. Well, not killing him, but... Well, she does yeah, probably she does kill, him. kill him. But, but, yeah. but, but 
that's the thing is that like that's not redeeming for the thing that she did in the first no, place. No, no, no. It just that's gets rid just of getting him. rid of yeah the problem yeah. that he's causing. That's not like making no, no. up for what she's done. No, no, she doesn't, and it's never ever addressed at all. It's just like it's just it's assumed, kind. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of they do talk about it, but it's it's all through like the perspective of news reports. And they're still kind of laughing about how crazy it is after that. Mm. It's not – I. The, the thing is this movie works entirely in metaphors, but you can't work entirely in metaphors when there are actually, like, in the world of the movie, people dying. Mm. You just can't do that. Yeah, this, so, is the, this is the action movie problem you bring up quite a lot about, you know, driverless cars or whatever <laughs> because there are people in those cars and there are pedestrians on those sidewalks and, mm. and the movie just doesn't think about them. Well, that's the thing. Like, even in – that's not <laughs> – in the Fast and the Furious movies, they make a lot of, like, effort. They go to a lot of effort yeah, to it, show it people jumping like, out of the yeah. way. of the, Like, you're like, there's definitely people who would have died, but the movies make it seem like nobody could yeah. possibly have died. This one directly addresses the fact that she killed people. And people died, yeah. And people died, and, and yet brushes over it like died, it doesn't matter. Hundreds of buildings have come down as well. Like, the chaos that would have caused in the city. And people were hurt as well and things like yeah. that. And, and people were terrified for a mm. long time as well after that's that. That's right. Although you say people were terrified, but, like, they know exactly what time that's going to happen. They know exactly what time. Yeah, so why isn't time- everybody out of the city at 8.05 or whatever or, local like, time hiding is? hiding in their homes away from the area where they know it's happening. Mm. Like, it keeps happening in the same spot, right? At the same time. At the same time. Get people out of that spot at that time. That's mm. crazy. And then – the okay so we've covered all of that stuff and then my other biggest problem with the movie which is where it lost like the the thing is you have to suspend disbelief so much Mm. but then it totally broke that at the end of the movie when like she goes to so they they resolve it by her going to seoul and he's in um the playground where Mm. this happens right so she goes to this spot in seoul somehow she figures out exactly where he is and picks him up without being able to see him that just broke me. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Because the amount of space mm. in that playground is equal to the whole of Seoul, isn't it? Not the whole of Seoul, but it's a, it's a big portion of it. And she, okay. seems to have, well, she seems to have mapped it out a little bit as well. I know, but she but kind she, of mapped it out to that amount and of And she knows detail. she appears in the river, right? And so yeah. she goes to the spot on the river where she goes. But no, she probably hasn't mapped that detail out. There's, there's no way you can, I don't mm. think, because of the scale difference. I, I wondered how that worked as well. I was and confused. She, there's no way she could know where he is to pick him up. No. There's no there's no way. And then she picks him up and, like, then she throws him and I'm like, there could be people where you threw that giant I, that's robot. That's exactly what – You don't know. But it also looks like he – um disappears. Well, no, because she throws him and you see it's weirdly filmed because she throws him and you can see that, like, Seoul is an enormous city. Yeah. So you see him fly out over buildings and people and lights and all this kind I of stuff. I think he goes out over mountains as well. But, at the but, end of that's, it, but. but he goes over mountains in his hometown. No, in the in Seoul, I think he oh, goes. Over. It, see, to but, me, it looked like the Seoul bit. He was flying over. Yeah, it's no, because the robot goes over some mountains. But like, there could have yeah. still been people behind those mountains. There's no way. Yeah. There's, it's so like Korea is a really like small I was like, country just with a lot of people. Squish him or something. There's mm. no reason to do it that way. Yeah, that way is just more dangerous. Right. Like this, these things keep happening in this movie, and like it is, it's so it works on metaphor so much that they just like casually ignore these problems that they're causing mm. it's so frustrating yeah and i think it's also problematic they picked seoul as the city as well mm. like had they picked new york or, or london or something well they couldn't have because i think it's it is actually directly above right oh, so where she is lo- longitude and latitude wise no no like like if you go straight through the middle of the earth yes. seoul's on yeah 
Soul's on the other side. Right. That's why they picked Soul as the city, oh, okay. and that's why they picked that spot. Yeah, right. Okay. They've obviously so they've obviously come across There's this factoid somewhere. Internal and, logic somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But the problem is that. It's a city in Asia and there's mm. like – it's a big city that people haven't visited and they don't know people there probably. Like it, it's a bit – Yeah, there's this bit where he knows like a convenience store owner who's Korean but the guy doesn't get any lines. No, I know. That bit is so strange and, and and it's only convenient so that he can translate something into Korean. Yeah, yeah. It does seem a bit – it's almost like he's gone to the local Korean restaurant or the, you know, the local Korean-owned store and just asked the guy. It's not mm. even like he's his friend or anything. He's but just, then he says afterwards that he know, he's known him for a long time and – yeah. stuff and he gives details about it but like it is mm. it's stupid yes it's stupid and it's frustrating and the thing is like without all of that stuff the performances are really good and the idea like it really does go into what it's like to like be in an abusive relationship mm. um a couple like, of different ex- kinds exagger- of abusive relationships yeah, too but in an exaggerated sort of way yeah i think we're probably going to disagree on the relationship that she had with dan stevens yeah that's i didn't i had real problems with him the thing is, she's so awful to him yes. consistently before the movie starts. And then she also, like, within and the movie. And she's sponging off him as well. She's spun- but, and, but she's-, she's also really awful to him. Like, she calls him when she's drunk, if first thing in the morning, and, and, like, emotionally kind of manipulates him a bit. So, like, yeah, I, I just saw that as a relationship where, like, that had already gone so bad that, both of them kept hurting each other mm. rather than that being him being abusive to her. And then she decides she doesn't need that at the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, because I, I read that as he was he's incredibly controlling. And so why has she gone off the rails like this? Is it because she's like, I don't know, it just it, the whole thing seemed really unpleasant because – Well, I thought – see, I, I didn't see him as incredibly controlling so much as like – because he kicks – like he doesn't control her. He wants – to he does, but then once he's kicked her out, he starts, like, getting in contact again. No, she starts getting in contact with him and then he gets back oh, in So, yeah, like, right. Yeah, oh. see, that's what I mean. Like, I think they're just both in a bad place in that relationship because she's the one who wants yeah, to go back I think to him. It's the way, but when he, even when he's kicking her out, like, the way he's talking to her is, to me, quite controlling. But the thing is, that's at a point where she's constantly been, like, out drunk all night. He never sees her. She comes back. She's paying no money. Mm. She's not supporting herself or any, yeah, like, yeah. she's, I mean, she's really, like, and it must be, you know, she's making up lying to him, manipulating him. That's not, to me, a relationship i didn't think that they were implying that he was abusive i yeah, think they were implying more, that he wasn't the nicest person yeah and but it was she wasn't clearer either. when he ended up in the town when he was there yeah it was clearer at that point because at that point you're like why why are you even the two of you what still was clearer? clearer clearer the the controlling behavior oh his controlling yeah, behavior. His controlling well behavior. i think he but again like this is a point at which he's discovered that there's some really like bad things going and on the with her, and he, he wants to try and help. Yeah, but the way he talks to her when he finds out she's working behind a bar, he's really yeah, he's really dismissive and rude. Yeah. But I didn't see that as controlling, just snobby. True. Yeah, it was more that it wasn't because it wasn't just like oh, you're working in a bar. It's you're not a waitress. Yeah, like he knows her. Like I he know, has but the I, I just the idea I still of what think she that's should be really snobby. Like I just don't see yeah. any of that as like I don't see that. And I mean, there's a lot of. <laughs> I just don't think that he's they're trying to paint him as being like abusive to her. Mm. Or if he is, then she's as abusive to him. Yeah, it's a it's a toxic kind of relationship. Yeah. And it's not on the same level as the one with um Jason Sudeikis' no, character. But I, I think that's just a relationship that's gone bad. Yeah. Like and they're trying to get it back and there's you shouldn't get it back mm. because it's gone 
too far bad but she does like i i do do think that because we're in her point of view we are more forgiving to her but the things she does are really awful like if i had to deal with her i'd be furious with her Mm. she's awful to him so i can kind of and and you know to be furious when you love somebody you end up saying things that are hurtful and things like that and when he's being controlling he's also trying to take her out of a situation that's clearly really terrible yeah. You know, like he is, he's trying to be like, when he says, come back with me, it's after watching Jason Sudeikis set off a firework in the bar that could have easily killed both of them. Mm. So it's not like he's being like, you know, he he's, well, he just said that before that, but yes. Yeah. It, well, kind of. Yeah. But he's also before that figured out that something bad is going yeah. on because she's told him. Mm. Yes, and and I don't. I and he don't, says things in bad ways. You know, he says you owe me an explanation for things, but yeah. he's angry with her because she's done all these other things in the past. You know, so it's like I just don't see that relationship as being abusive from him towards her. If it's anything, it's both of them abusing each other, or it's just a relationship that's bad. Mm. Yeah. But, okay. Whereas, like the Jason Sudeikis one is very clearly abusive. Mm. Yeah, and and you're talking about how awful she is, and it is like she's I can, really awful. I can imagine though Anne Hathaway thinking, "Oh, this is a really juicy role," yeah. and but the awfulness on top of the fact the the absolute thoughtlessness of the way she treats the monster as well, mm. it it doesn't make it easy. No, and I yeah exactly, and Anne Hathaway does a good job in this. I yeah, think. oh, I it's a really juicy kind of role for an actress. Yeah, but the thing is, I think they try too hard to make her sympathetic while she does unsympathetic things, and they try too hard to make it seem like she's done this kind of turnaround in her life. Yeah, but she hasn't really. She she kind of has, but not really. Um, and like the things she does is still really callous and really like unthoughtful towards others. Mm. Well, and I mean, don't it, even get me started on the friends of. Well, also the fact that she can just go to this town and live in a house that her parents have just left empty as well like mm. the just the whole that is beggar's belief <laughs> like yes of course i have no money haven't worked for a year and i live in new york and i've been kicked out by my boyfriend who's sick of paying for me and i can just go home to this little town my parents have left the key here and i can just live in this house <laughs> like no yeah. i mean going home is believable. Well, going home is, a, is a, a a trope it's the fact that her parents have this house and it's just sitting there Oh, because they're they but they're, they're away. The, she specifically says, "Yes, they are." She says they're away, like on a posting. I don't know. It's something like that because she says Ugh. they're away and they they emptied the house, but like they put the stuff in storage because well, so she says I, the stuff yeah, in storage. The implication at one point. that I had was that the parents had actually left that town a long time ago, but they'd never sold the house and oh, they left okay. the key there. And so to me, that was just like this overprivileged brat kind of thing okay i thought that they were coming back i was really confused by that stuff yeah i was like well but then like i think i may have added things onto that because i was trying to logic it out yeah yeah um but yeah it does seem Uh, but the way that it was used the way that jason stakers character used it like in terms of filling it up with furniture and things like that that was kind of cleverly used because it was it's a cool looking house that would make a great horror movie setting Mm. in fact i would have liked them to it to have they, they did that at the end but um it was a good it, it would be would have, it probably could have been used better mm. than it was. I feel like this is one of those movies that would be better as a short film than a full movie. Oh yeah, you know, like it's mm. a neat it, little concept. It actually has a and it came out of Sundance, I believe. It's got a bit of a student film vibe about it too. Yeah, like a first time director or yeah, you know, like an art project. Looks really good project. though. Yeah, he's he's good. I it don't actually really know what else good. he's done. It looks like like the the there's a special effects in it. Mm. That are really, really good. But yeah, oh, oh, also, I got really annoyed that I couldn't figure out how the magic thing worked. 
<laughs> why it happened that way and how it oh, worked. Yeah. And like, because she figures out that going to Seoul would make the monster appear in the playground in her hometown. Mm. But I'm like, how does she, that's not guaranteed. Mm. Like she just assumes well, no, but that- he has said he will show up there. If he hasn't, th- like that's, that's what he, that's part of his blackmail. If you don't show up and appear, I will appear at that point at that time. So she knows that he's going to appear there because she's not at home. No. <laughs> what I mean is she doesn't know she'll turn into a monster there. Oh, She doesn't yeah. know that the monster will no, appear on has that side absolutely, of the world. No, I was really confused about that. Because, like, how did she know that? Um, how could like that's a big risk to take, especially that's when what I mean. flown we need across to, the world. We need to know more about the magic. We need to have like a smart friend who's like, it's because of this. Like, even though even if he just or she, like the smart friend, just makes things up. Yeah. It's still better than what we get, which is nothing. She yeah, gets no. struck by lightning as a child. That's what we get. Mm. She got struck by lightning. But he didn't get struck by lightning. So why can he do it? How come the whole thing works? No explanation. Well, it, yeah, and apparently there was some kind of magic that happened to both of them because he was in the vicinity. And the ma- But the magic doesn't happen in Seoul. Nope. So how so, does I don't know. she know? That didn't but- make sense to me either. <laughs> If the magic didn't happen in Seoul, then there's no guarantee that the monster will appear in the hometown. But it did, yeah, and that, and that annoyed me because it didn't make up make any sense. Exactly, and I was really frustrated by a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. Like again, it's that it's the fact that this movie just like they had a good idea, mm. but they never really fleshed out that idea. They no. just were looking at exploring the metaphor of it and having those. And there are moments in this movie that are so powerful. Like Jason mm. Sudeikis is really creepy yep. at certain moments. You know, he's really scary. And, and the he, way he turns after she I sleeps know. with the cute guy, it just like that, it works really, really well. The it, it it shows what an abuser is like. The you know the sucking them in with the. Um, the what they call it, the love bomb, you know, when like that really intense early phase of mm. being in, um, of just trying really hard, and it, even from the start, if you think back to it, like pulling up in the middle of the road to stop and talk to her, even though this is a small town, it is quite intense. Like he's very much intense. They 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 are, were friends when they were kids. I I mean mm-hmm. I get that. Like if yeah. I saw somebody who I hadn't seen in ten years. Like and that we were good friends when we were kids, and they were walking down the side of the road. I get really excited. No, no, but but it's, it's all it, but looked back on it's part of the pattern of you know very very intense friendship the whole staying up all night thing and i yeah although that's i'm not even sure if it's a problem well i that that seems like it's her bad influence more than his the bit where they they drink all night yeah that first night they're they're there but and he owns a bar mm. he's he's a nighttime worker that's not really a negative thing for him Mm. that's just his Job, <laughs> but it is shown as very clearly a negative thing for her. Yeah, and it's caused all these issues in her, her life. So. Yeah, like there's. I don't think that looking like I think looking back, the signs of it are more things like showing up with a giant TV. Yeah, that's, that's a better a big like one. stopping in the middle of the road when you see somebody you haven't seen in ten years who you were friends with as a child. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. No, no, but showing up not with in the, the middle TV of the road, but pulling over and you know? a, and a you know van full of furniture and all that kind of stuff. That's the I stopped in the middle of the road because there was a dog today. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it it's not that big a deal. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I suppose that's true. But it's he, the TV, like that's yeah, the, the TV's first kind the, of the first one that's like, um, what? Yeah, that's that's like you don't need to bring a giant TV here. Also, he says to her, "You don't remember talking about this," but we don't see that conversation. No, and yeah, so we believe him at first, but then we're like, "Oh, he's just making these things up." Yep. L- later. Yep. Um, can we talk about Anne Hathaway's costuming in this movie? Sure. When she first shows up to the house, she's wearing these pants that like stick out from her legs. 
And then for the whole rest of the movie, she seems to be wearing almost the same clothes in every single scene, which is just the same jeans and the same jacket. She was pregnant when she filmed this, which you can see in some shots. Oh, that makes a lot of so sense. So I think there's there are a lot of costuming around the pregnancy. Okay. Because I was like, this is really strange decisions costume-wise mm. a lot I, of the I'm time. I'm not saying they're not strange decisions, but I'm also saying that they were also working around that. Yeah, because you're going for a particular look with Anne Hathaway's character mm. in this, right? She's supposed to be like the big city writer and she was supposed to be cool and she's supposed to be like, you know. Um, yeah, and you would think she'd actually wear a few more outfits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and more like fashionable ones. Mm. She doesn't mm. seem to mm. be trying – like there, there's not a lot of mm, especially fashion. Given, no, given her lifestyle, she wears that same white shirt, button-down shirt over and over again yeah. with like a – she's got like a – like just a black camisole underneath. It's really – yeah – Interesting. But then you, when you say that she was pregnant during that, yeah, that yeah, makes no, sense. That, yeah. <laughs> so she's probably got like the, you know, the maternity jeans with the elastic in them and stuff. Yeah. So she's, um, they're probably trying to costume around And that. a lot of hair. She's got a lot of hair in this. Oh, the, yeah, these bangs that are just, that, that wig is just like way covered. Like, I mean, I get I get the metaphor of she's hiding behind her hair. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah that there was, is a lot of it. There's just so much hair and then they, they didn't seem to be trying with the costumes. Well, and I'm like, and what the, are they doing with and this the character hair, It's here? not just so much hair as well. It's also like... It's all frizzy and, and like it's it looks like my, I don't have bangs, but like my hair looks if I wash it and do anything to it. Yeah. Like it's a bit wavy and a bit frizzy and it, it looks like she's done it herself basically, which is I guess what they're aiming for, which is good. Also, there are no women in this movie. Other than her, no, absolutely not. There's a Korean girl that has like two lines at the end and she seems to have friends in New York that are uh-huh. only non-white people. Like they're oh, the only non-white people oh. in the movie. That, that was, was a so on the nose. So on the nose. Yeah. You're like, yeah, okay, I get uh-huh, that you're trying yes. to make up. Let's make, th- make it that she has black friends. Hmm. But only in like only. Th- they're the only people in the movie mm. that are black. It's like – and they don't – they're never even like main – Oh and no, they are. They get one shot that's just to them. The rest of the time, because it's it's her sh- in the foreground of the shot, and they're in the background yeah. in her apartment. And you're like, what yeah. is this girl? Where is this going? Yeah, and and when, it's never clear which one of them is the friend who's she. You know, she ca- comes in with this whole long bullshit story about this friend that she's gone out with. Yeah, and but all that. she and then she she's changes clearly gone the name. out. Yeah, she changes the name, but she's clearly gone out with somebody. Yeah, like who we don't but, know. She yeah. can't remember. Is that like? To show that she doesn't care about these people or what? Mm, yeah. So she seems that the, way. The introduction seems to her make her seem so awful, mm. which is part of my thing with that Dan Stevens relationship. I was like, she's mm. that those opening scenes, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be around her either. We just yeah. saw her walk in and completely lie after ditching him. Mm-mm. Like, and that's only the most recent time it's happened. I'd be furious. I would be too if that were my partner. I would have kicked them out as well. Exactly. But, like I just yeah. don't – he's – you know, she's so she's so awful to him. And then she calls him upset and drunk a bunch of times. Oh, God, yes. Like that's such an emotionally manipulative move yes. to call somebody that you've – like that you've has asked you to with stop. And, yeah. And, they've, and then keep calling them and being like, oh, but I, I just want you to know that I'm doing better and she's not doing better and uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know. And she's also she's behaving like she's twenty two and she's thirty two, anyway. Yeah, but that, I think that's part of the like. I mean, it's I get that because it is a, but yeah, but it's a thing, especially these days that like the job market 
is so much more difficult to get into. Yeah. Like people start out thinking that they're going to be successful and they get a little bit of success mm-hmm. at the beginning and then I mean relationship-wise. I mean like yeah. that kind of behaviour you should have grown out of by the time you're 20 because I've been guilty of that kind of behaviour. Uh, and oh, yeah. Bridget when Jones has a name for it. It's called emotional quidditch. Yeah. And like so I, I recognise that behaviour but I was grown out of it by the time I was 25. Like, yeah. you know, and, in ter- I, and I get in terms of jobs and other adult milestones but – yeah, most people do tend to grow out of that. Yeah, that in was, their twenties. Exactly. She's she's not grown up. So, no, and they're telling us she's not grown and, up. Too. And Dan Stevens has a real job and stuff, and he's yeah. like an, an actual grown up, and he's the same age as her. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, exactly. I just don't. I mean, I just don't think that was supposed to be. I think he was just supposed to be like not a saint or anything. Like yeah. not a not a great person, but yeah, just a uh, not person. any any worse than she is. No, just you know. And then she's just sort of like, yeah, she just decides she doesn't need that. It's it's basically just I don't need a man is what she's going through at the end of the movie. Yes. She's like, I don't need no man. And then she throws him away and mm. it's all metaphor. It's mm. all metaphorical and none of it is like, – I mean, if you look at this movie as purely metaphorical, then it's a lot better than yeah. the movie it's actually It's inter- actually interesting about the whole – when a movie's about women and domestic violence, that it ends with the woman killing her abuser because obviously the – Domestic violence, the biggest problem is that so many women get killed by their abusers. Yeah. And it ends with um with her killing the abuser. And sorry, this is going to be spoilers for Big Little Lies if anyone hasn't seen that. So just like fast forward this next bit. I but haven't. <laughs> are you planning to? No, not really. It's also how Big Little Lies ends. Not actually the woman being abused, killing her abuser, but another woman killing the abuser for her to protect her. And um, it, it happens here as well. And it's kind of a – I don't know. It's an <laughs> – it's like, is that the only solution to the problem is to kill the men who are trying to kill us? Like, Again, I think that is supposed to be metaphorical. Yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't, like, we don't... We don't see him he die. He definitely dies. He definitely dies, but we don't but see But we don't it. see him die. It's it's more the act of throwing Getting, him away. Uh, yeah, out of her life and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But, like, he, but also the only way to stop him from doing what he is currently doing is to kill him. Yeah. She can't tell anybody yeah. and get him locked up because nobody will believe them and ever. And this is the whole... This is why the, the whole domestic violence thing is like not being believed, not being able to do and, – and not being able to get away is the other thing. If yes, like, but not being believed is slightly different on the level of I can control a giant ro- robot in Seoul <laughs> mm. as it is to my husband is abusing me. Mm. Again, it only works on a metaphorical level. When mm. you apply it, literally, they've got to do more work in making the universe of the movie work. They yeah. have to actually do world-building explain why this is happening and they don't you have to put the effort in and like they have to humanize the other people you have to give us reasons why things are happening you have to build this out from mm. this little kernel of an idea that you have and from these two great performances and this great like because i mean really once Anne hathaway and jason sudeikis get going it's so gripping yeah and it's so terrifying and it's so different mm. you know oh, it's so and the good. way he treats his friends too after it happens mm-hmm. which is the the whole um is the whole thing. It's that the abuse can be turned on any of any anyone. Yeah. It just And then there's the one friend who's too scared to do anything about it and the other yeah. friend that he like will stand up to him but he calls him out on being a coke addict and so he doesn't in it, the even, end. Yeah. Tim or, Blake Nelson was really good in this movie, yeah, by the way. I tr- in he fact he do- he tries to he gaslights Tim Blake Nelson as well. Yeah. Uh because it's not we don't actually know that any of this is true. It's not clear that he is back on drugs again. And he True. just True. I, I have a feeling he is because of the reaction shots that they get from yeah. Anne Hathaway and the hot friend. Yeah. Um 
I think that that's that's the implication based on their reaction shots that they're like, oh, yeah, we know that this is happening. But it's interesting, though, because it's that, well, once he loses control, because a lot of times with abuse situations, the abuser can be like really charming in public and and not, and only, it only, you know, the abuse only is only seen by his victim. But this guy, once he snaps, it's not, he snaps at everyone who's close to him. Well, I think that's actually about a different thing to the domestic abuse, which I think is about men and power. Yeah. So what happens is he's given this ultimate power, right? This huge amount of power. Mm. And that's what breaks him rather than the, like, he's also using that power over her. But he, because he has all this power, mm. he just doesn't see any reason to care about anything like he cared about that bar yeah you know before this happened he he really did yeah yeah, that was an important thing to him but once he finds out that he's got this power he just blows up the inside of his bar yeah because he doesn't need that anymore because he can destroy anything yeah and and he he has the same attitude towards his friends as well right exactly he's like oh i don't need them anymore Mm. because i have all this power yeah well and then yeah he i think that's like a, another level of what they're trying to explore mm. in this movie is the relationship between abusive men and power. Yes. Like once yeah. they get the power, they have nothing, yeah. no checks and balances holding them in place. And so everything, all the social constructs that they've learned just fall apart. Mm. Yeah. And so that's kind of the thing with this movie. though. All those themes are super interesting. Yep. <laughs> uh, but there is that, that fundamental problem of the magic stuff doesn't work and that, you know, she kills all these people. Right, ruins the Asian city. people specifically yeah, too. A- yeah, kills a whole lot of Asian people and who and don't matter. That's the, that's yeah, what the and movie is no, implying. They don't matter. Yep, and yeah, basically. Um, so it they just don't kind matter. Of- There's no consequences. She gets no consequences for what she's done. Mm. Nothing. I mean, you know, she gets abused by Jason Sudeikis, but that's not because of what she's done. No. Ugh, it's yeah, yeah. And I, I actually in- enjoyed it while I was watching it. Although I know I knew even while I was watching, it, I was mm. thinking that this is wrong. And I, but at the same time, it. I was quite happy to go on the journey. That's the thing. I think also though, like I was enjoying it more when I was watching it as well, but then it ends and you're like, but where's all the like rest of the it? consequence? Where's the all the restitution? And, because yeah. while you're watching it, they can still do all that. Mm, mm. While you're watching it, there's still time. And it ends right up until the suddenly end. too. Yes, it does. It really does. I was like, can't, it only it's, resolves that storyline, the one with him. It doesn't resolve any of the rest of it. It doesn't resolve, obviously, the soul issue and, and any kind of, you know, restitution she's going to make there. It doesn't resolve the issue of where she's going to go with her life or what she's going to do, having been through this experience. So it just kind of ends and you're like, well, so what now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really – and I think the part of the problem with that is because that part of the story only starts halfway through the movie, mm. it doesn't take the original premise of the movie and solve that. No, and because it, it sort of starts out as like a bit of a coming-of-age coming movie that t- – when we talked about this on radio the other day, we talked you talked about the sort of mid-30s crisis of like I've been out in the world for a few years and you come home and what do you do with your – and you, know, you end up coming home for some yeah, reason. Yeah, we talked about it how it was um, like young adult as well, yeah. which actually that – in that young adult, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the Diablo Cody movie. Um, Charlize Theron is not a very nice person. Yeah. But the, the, this movie, which I've only seen about 20 minutes of, makes it much clearer that you're not supposed to, like, you are supposed to empathize with her mm. to a certain level, but she's a bad person. You, yeah, you need, for the movie to work, she needs to go through the journey of realizing she's a bad person and becoming a right. better person. Right, whereas this movie, yeah. and, and I don't think that happens from what I know about young adult, it's more like she, she goes through the movie and then she's just going to repeat the same mistakes. Right. But um, this movie is like, they want you to like Anne Hathaway, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not trying to say that she's a bad person. At least that's what I'm getting from the yeah, movie. Yeah, but she's a bad person. Like, she's not, she's not a bad person, but she's just not. She's not a good person. No. And she's, she's not any better of a person at the end of the movie than she was at the beginning, really. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that it implies, I mean, she goes into the bar and they're like, do you want it and at the end in Seoul? Yep. She walks into a bar automatically and makes friends with the girl there and then well, the girl's like, do you want a drink? And she's like, ugh. I want to tell you a story is what she does. And so, yeah, so like, then she re- uses reduces it to a. Well, so she's there in Seoul and these people who've already been traumatized by living through all this crazy stuff then have to sit and listen to her emote about it. Do you think that there's a possibility that none of this movie happened? Oh, right, that it's all kind of in her head. And it's all in her head and, like, it's all hallucinated or not just hallucinated but she's just making it up as, like, to justify everything that's happening. And so when she walks into the bar in the end in Seoul – None of that has actually happened. She didn't control anything and she's just like, hey, do you want to hear a cool story that I made up? Well, look, I hope that's the case for the sake of all the people who live in Seoul, but it still doesn't actually give her a complete character arc though. Like when it resolves with her getting rid of the bad boyfriend, it doesn't resolve the other stuff that she set out to deal with. But see, she's a writer. Oh, God. So if she thinks of this story and then like gets it published and it gets turned into a movie – Right. That solves her problem of having no job and having no... Well, yep, true. I I forgot that part of every young adult <laughs> story is about somebody who is a writer because, like, nobody else has any other jobs and no people no, with other jobs are not write interesting. Write what you know, Melissa. Oh, write what you know. God. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm just saying, in young adult, she's also a young adult fiction writer. I know, I know. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I think even Girl on the Train, she's some kind of writer, like in advertising or something. Doesn't she draw? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, slightly different. But, it's yeah, still yeah, similar. Still a creative concept. type job. Yeah. You never see, like, 32-year-old engineers going back to their hometown because they've had a crisis and they need to work out their life. No. Or accountants or yeah, no. teachers or anything. Um, yeah, I'm just saying that's that's uh, maybe that's what the movie was going for. Yeah. It could actually, well, if that's the case, then maybe that's okay. Oh, I don't know. It's still pretty callous, but at the same time, it's more... And it's also, it's not clear to anybody. No, it's not made clear. But the, like I said, because this whole movie operates on, like it only functions on a metaphorical level, It maybe she's just seen this thing on TV and she, like, that something terrible happened in Seoul and then she makes up this whole story. That it's her doing it. And, mm. Yeah. Just self-gaslighting, I guess. Yeah. Or like to, to make herself feel empowered or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Instead of, like, actually killing him, she just ran away to Seoul. Who but- knows? Yeah, that, that's probably a better movie than the one that we watched. Yeah, I, I, I'll take that. Take your word for it. The thing is, like, based on what I liked when I was watching the movie, I would give it a higher rating than I would now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm I, I was so disappointed with like the the way that they didn't put it together properly. Mm. And I think that this movie's saying really important things. It's like with Girl on the Train, how we wanted to like yes, it so much, and it it has some really accurate, clever, interesting, thoughtful portrayals of female experience and woman-centered experience. Yeah. Um, But it isn't – the movie that goes around it isn't great. It's almost like somebody was, like, using their journal as therapy to go through some of this stuff and then they were like, this is actually really good writing. How can I throw a story around that? Yeah, like I said, it really feels like a short film to me. Yeah. Like a short story or a short film where it's, like, just a metaphorical kind of fun – little movie where it's like you know let's use a woman who can control a kaiju as a metaphor Mm. for domestic violence yeah right like let's use that yeah and that's like that's what the whole movie is it's just this little metaphor Mm. and you know you could basically all the important stuff in this movie you could get down to like a short film like six minutes easily which is uh, looking up the guy whose name is not nacho figuera but nacho um uh, nacho vigalondo there you go Um, i was really close 
it, it to my uh, as far as I can tell from his IMDb, most of what he's done is shorts, writing, and acting. He's actually his acting um, filmography is much longer than his directing one mm-hmm. or his writing one. So it looks to me as if this is sort of his first feature, and I yeah, it feels that way. All right. It feels like somebody has expanded their own short film, although I don't mm. know if he actually made this as a short film. But that mm. it got that same vibe as like yeah. for, for some reason the first one that's coming to mind is Ex Machina, but that's a particularly good example yeah. of this this particular issue. There's a lot of them though where it's like, you know, they've done a short film. Mm. It was a great short film, so somebody's paid them to expand it into a full move full length movie and it yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. It does feel like that. God, it's got a good poster though, Colossal. Oh, it's wonderful. Like beautiful old school monster movie poster. Yeah. And it's really nice. If there had been like an invasion of bad guys and then she'd had to fight them off and then she got really hurt mm. doing that, that might work better. Yeah. If they were if they followed through with that, you know when she gets shot and she feels it? Yeah. Oh, why didn't that why wasn't or she she feels it but she doesn't get hurt in any way. No, but if if but it might have been like internal kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah. then what if like, you know, somebody had had attacked Soul and she, or like mm. if somehow Jason Sudeikis finds a way to attack Soul with lots of yeah. like monsters and she has to single fight handedly fight them all off and protect the people of Soul. So actually would make up for the things that she's done. Yeah, right? yeah. Actually lean into the monster thing and also she has to slay the other demons. Yes, exactly. And slaying her own. And like, yeah, I don't know, maybe well, Look, we've written about three better movies here. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things that you could do to this movie to make it work. Yeah. But they don't do any of them. Yeah. Even just making it all fake, making it all like in her head only yeah. would resolve would a lot of the problems. Mm-hmm. Like then she's just working through her own problems by writing. And that's not fine. actually hurting people. Yeah, exactly. That's not that's not a huge problem. Yeah. Right? Like that's fine. But mm. actually hurting people and having no consequences for that. Yeah. And unloading that pain onto Asian people as well. Yeah. People with a lot less privilege than her. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Seoul is a, a city at this point in time. Oh well, uh, I mean, well, I mean, Seoul is a first world city well. <laughs> and it's wealthy and it, it. But but the people who live there are Asian. Yeah, and often I think it's more this, forgotten. Yeah, I think it's more the problem of like the the white Western audience just doesn't see them as like as actual humans. real people. No, yeah, it's just really nasty. I think. Yeah, it's, it leaves a bad taste. Anyway, I think we've talked enough about this one, so we Me should too. probably give it ratings. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Yeah, I'm going to go two and a half as well. I probably would have given it three when I finished watching it, but just going going through the issues that it has, it's just not up to the – I'm the same. Like, I want to reward those performances more, but, like, mm. at the same time, no. Yeah. It just – you've got to not do that. <laughs> yeah, no. That's It's got too many problems, but anyway – Okay, so thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find old episodes or the show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens at screen underscore queens on Twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.